Greetings, Goreheads and Mamesters. This is episode two of Gore and Mame, and I am your hostess with the mostest cam. And today, I'm going to be talking about a movie called Tell Me How I Die. Yay! So, uh, if you tuned into the last episode, uh, Gore and Mame is a horror movie podcast where I talk about the horror movies I subject myself and my friends to. And um, whether or not I think they are awesome or I think they suck, whatever, whatever, I do what I want. So, yeah. So, uh, this movie, Tell Me How I Die, uh, stars uh, Nathan Kress. I have no idea who that is, but he's adorable. Virginia Gardner. And um, Ryan Higa gets third billing on this movie, even though he's not in it all that much. He spends most of the movie in the car, but I believe he's only credited because he is and or was a famous YouTuber turned actor. So I think that was just uh, a way of getting people in seats to see him. Um, and also, uh, this dude named William Mopother, or Maypother. You know, that dude is an asshole in everything he's shown up in. Um, I know him from Lost, and he was a jerk in that as well. Season one, I think. Yeah. I think his name was Ethan. I don't know, but it doesn't matter. Uh, it was directed by DJ Viola. And written by James Hibbard, Robert Warren Thomas, and DJ Viola. This movie is not rated. Uh, and is 108 minutes long. And released in 2015. I will go ahead and read the blurb. Uh, Knowing your fate is a real killer. When a group of college students take part in a clinical drug trial... An unexpected side effect of the experimental medicine gives them terrifying visions of their own deaths, which begin to come true. As they scramble to escape their fate, they discover that the killer is among them and shares their ability to see the future, only he seems to be one step ahead of their efforts to survive. I thought this movie was awesome. I, it exceeded my expectations. You know, this is uh, an indie film not released uh, in any theater that I know of. Um, no, didn't, probably had a small, you know, budget or whatever. But I thought it was awesome. I love timey-wimey stuff. Um, this is a great and creative way of exploring the theme of fate versus you know just natural stuff that happens and like time travel and uh because in this not only is the killer a threat but so is time so is the future and it also has a wonderful spin on the cassandra myth uh if you know anything about cassandra uh from what I believe, Cassandra uh, had the power of uh, visions, of seeing the future. But she was cursed with uh, people not believing her when she tells them that something terrible is going to happen. 
nobody believed her. And then they all die because they're assholes. So, yay. Um, I really liked the characters in this movie. Uh, they're your typical, like, white people with problems, you know, problems. Um, we are introduced to our main character, cute girl named Anna. Uh, she's pretty good at predicting things. When we are first introduced to her in the movie, uh, she's going to this bar that apparently she used to work at. And the, the guy that's working there as the bartender uh, kind of jokes at with her like, hey, are you here to beg for your job back? And she's like, no. Um, but she asks the bartender uh, if there was something that, if there was any jobs that he knew of that she could apply to. And he hands her this flyer for a clinical trial. Now she gets $20,000. Uh, is it the $2,000 or $20,000? I don't know. Probably $20,000. No, probably 2000 I think it's 2000 because college kids, right? Um, $2,000 is a lot of money uh, to a college student and to me. <laughs> um, so uh, you get to see her kind of predict uh, what people are going to order uh, when they approach the bar. And that's a cute trick. Uh yeah, she decides to do the clinical trial because she's broke AF. And I thought she was going to be pretty annoying at, from, at the start. Um, and she kind of was annoying people when she gets to the, uh, the clinical uh, the place. They, they, uh, she goes to this secluded building out in the woods and it's snowing. Um, and she's late as fuck when people are like, when the, the guy, William Apother, Dr. Jurgens or Jurens or whatever, I call him Dr. Jurgens cause he's a jerk, uh, is explaining the rules of the clinical trial. Like they're kind of sequestered out there. They're not allowed to leave after they've had the drug administered to them. Um, so they kind of like locked them in this building, which is, uh, probably, uh, which is like the main, uh, problem that they are facing. Uh, but she's late to that. But um, she's asking all sorts of questions because she's never done a clinical trial before. So she's kind of worried about what is being injected into her arm and stuff like that. But once her main character powers activate, she's kind of tolerable. All right. Um, let's see here. So um, the clinical trial is for this drug um, called an assortment of letters and numbers that is supposed to help improve people's memories of events to make them feel happier. So like, not only do you get to remember something that happened to you that was good to you, you also get to like relive it in um, like full sensory, like, you know, you remember the smells, the, you know, all your senses are activated well, as you think about this memory. And that's what this drug is supposed to do. Um, but Dr. Jerkins did not talk about the, uh, the unexpected side effects. And what happens is when people, uh, a select few people, um, experience flashes of the future, they get premonitions of terrible things, um, to come. And it's sort of like a time jump. Uh, the way the movie does it is like it, it plays through like it's real life and all of a sudden they flash back to just before the terrible thing happens. I'm like, what? Oh my God. 
So, um, and this first happens to um, the cool guy. His name is Marcus. You know, he's uh, really good at hustling people at pool and hitting on girls. Uh, he's kind of an asshole, but just enough to be interesting, but not enough to hate him at first. Um, and we meet him. He's trying to hustle people at pool, and nobody is biting. Um, so he starts talking to Anna. Uh, he tries to get her to uh, play with him because she's pretty. She's hot. And the annoying girl that Anna is sitting with is not pretty and not hot, so he won't talk to her. Enter White Knight Den. This dude comes in, and he realizes that uh, Marcus is trying to hit on Anna, and uh, he's, like, not having it. So he steps up and does, like, I will challenge you to pool. And he's, like, this he's like this 5'9 dude, white dude with floppy hair. He's cute. He's the cutest guy in the movie. Next to Ryan Higa, of course. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, it's pretty obvious that he has a hard-on for... Uh, for Anna. Um, we meet him at the bar that Anna walks into at the beginning. Uh, she tries to predict what he's going to order, um, but he's hanging out with this drunk girl, and he comes up to the bar and says, hey, this girl is pretty drunk. Could you call her a cab? So like, oh, he's a nice guy. You're set up with, a, oh, he's so nice. He's not going to take advantage of that drunk girl. That's great. And, it, and that's pretty much his character for the entire movie. He, uh, uh, he stands up for Anna, and uh, the whole the reason that everybody else gets into the trouble is because he goes back for Anna, and I will get into that later. And then we have Scratch. He's our secret Asian, Asian man. He's not really a secret, but um, he's the guy that has done billions of these clinical trials before, so he's kind of there to just make jokes and observations about the people that are there uh, especially making fun of the newbie people that have never done the stuff before. He's just there for the ride. Uh, he spends most of the movie in the car. Um, let's see here. And uh, let's see here. And then there's the help, the people that work at the, uh, the clinic. And they're all people of color. All of them people of color. And I'm like, oh, well, that's great. I was really excited at first, and then... When the dying happens, I'm like, oh, really? God damn it. Um, yeah. So you know he's a jerk the minute he shows up uh, on screen. So things get going when... Um, oh, and there's this character, Kristen. I don't know much about her. You don't really see her. Uh, she's not in the beginning of the movie. Well, see, what happens is there's this like annoying fat girl that is really excited and really bubbly and just starts talking and talking about stuff and talking to people, asking, answering questions that nobody asks. And then uh, she gets a vision of not of talking to this other girl that's complaining about Marcus, the guy who's playing pool. And she goes to the bathroom and she gets sick. And then she walks in, she goes to the bathroom and she walks into a stall where Anna is peeing. And she has that deja vu. And she freaks out about it. Um, and then she goes and talks to Dr. Jerkins, and then we never see her again. Next thing we know, we're talking, uh, the the five main characters are sitting in a, uh, in, a, in a lounge area that they're locked in, 
and they're talking about, oh my God, I experienced the future, even though the rule is they're not supposed to talk about the things, the, the side effects that they're feeling, that they're experiencing on these meds. That's the rule. You can't talk about it. Um, but this random white girl is just sitting there talking, complaining about things. And we're like, who the hell are you? And then she's in the movie. And like, she's one of the gang now. I'm like, what happened to the, the other girl that was talking? What happened to her? But that was kind of like, what the fuck for me? Like, who's this bitch? Where'd she come from? Where'd the other one go? Bring her back. I hate her, but I, I at least I know her. But yeah. Um, yeah, so what kicks it off is Anna gets a, uh, she's sleeping and then she gets a, uh, a premonition of uh, everybody uh, in the project suffocating, dying and bleeding from their eyes. And, uh, and since she knows that people are seeing the future, she freaks out about this. So, so she starts banging on like the, uh, the, the glass, like they're sequestered in this glass lounge area. And, uh, one of the, uh, attendants, Curtis, uh, sees her freaking out and sedates her. And then the white knight is like, what the hell are you doing? You know, we need to get her out of here. We need to get her to a hospital or something like that. And uh, the Curtis, Curtis, uh, the black help, one of the black help, um, is like, oh, uh, we need to sedate her. And, you know, we're going to take her to the hospital, to our hospital wing. And we're going to help her and whatnot. Um, and then, uh, so they take her away and they strap her to a gurney and they wheel her away. And Dr. Jerkins comes in and he's like, what did you see? And she tells him that, you know, what she, what she saw. And he's like, oh, well, that's really unfortunate for you. Things are going to get so much worse. And the reason why he says this is uh, at the beginning of the movie, uh, we meet a random doctor dude who has a sketch of himself stabbing himself in the chest. And it says, kill yourself or I will kill them all. And so... The doctor goes out into the snowy fields and stabs himself in the chest. Well, Dr. Jerkins is waiting for this dead doctor to call him, but he finds out that uh, uh, his partner is dead and he knows why. And so he says, oh, well, things are going to get so much worse for you. <coughs> and um, so she's strapped to the gurney. And he just leaves her there, just lying there. And she has another premonition of... Uh, all of her friends, uh, all the survivors of whoever uh, are dying, you know, Den dies and Marcus dies and uh, she sees somebody's uh, bloody wrist. Uh, so she's like, oh, my God, all these people are going to die. So she tries to escape. Um, then Marcus and Kristen, the weird random girl that shows up out of nowhere, um, try to make their escape and Den catches them. and. Um, and they make their harrowing escape, and they, they see Curtis, the black guy, die. Uh, he comes stumbling out of one of the rooms, and he's, like, bleeding to death. And then he just collapses. And, like, oh, my God, we really have to get the heck out of here. And so they all make it outside, uh, and they run into uh, Scratch, the Asian guy. And they all hide out in the car. And they all want to leave, but Den, the white knight, wants to go back and save Anna because he was the one that watched her get taken away. So he's like, oh, well, we can't let all those people die, especially Anna, but no, all the people too. He, like, he's obviously, you know, 
got a bono for her. And when uh, Marco, Den, and Kristen decide to go back in to get Anna, but uh, Scratch is like, no, I'm staying in the car. And that's pretty much where he stays for most of the movie. Um, and once they're inside, they realize that um, there was another patient that had been tested on this drug years ago who kind of went nuts um, because the side effect uh, was strong with this one. So he was able to see time in all directions and he kind of went nuts. And now he's trying to kill people that are on the drug. Um, one, uh, <laughs> I want to talk about Dr. Jerkins because uh, you no, know, when Anna tells him about the the uh the visions that she has uh he just like straps her down to a gurney and just leaves her there like he like sedates her and then leaves her there and i'm like and and, and he's acting like she is acting like he doesn't believe her but at the same time he does and i just remember writing down just like hashtag believe women i think that definitely needs to be um uh a hashtag there that also needs to be brought up but I really enjoyed this movie. I really enjoyed it because it was, it was a fresh take on you know, prophecy and all that good stuff. And I love it. And the ending, I'm not going to spoil it for you, but it's pretty epic. It's pretty epic because you know you you have the the showdown between uh, Anna and the patient. Uh, I forget what his name is, Perseus or something. I I don't know. It starts with a P. Pascal. Yes, Pascal. Um, yeah. How do you fight somebody that knows everything that you're going to do before you do it? Like the fight scene was pretty epic and pretty disappointing at the same time, but like it was epic because it was disappointing. I don't know. Uh, you'll, you'll, when you, when you see it, uh, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. Oh God. I hope this is coherent. I really do. Um, <laughs> But uh, I really, really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed the characters, um, especially the testosterone tussle between Marcus and Den. It starts off with pool and then it ends in a knife fight. It's amazing. It is amazing. All righty. Let's see here. So uh, here is my content warning. Uh, there's very minimal blood uh, in this uh, in this movie. Most of the blood is can mostly be found on walls, uh. So and mostly, uh, some words are written, some numbers are written in blood, and there's just like this long ass streak of blood down this hallway. It's amazing. I didn't think anybody had that much blood to write a continuous long ass streak down like a three yard hallway. It's amazing. Um, there are no titties in this movie, no dicks in this movie, no animal deaths in this movie. Uh, so you're, you're good there. Um, and the deaths aren't too gruesome. They're pretty tame by comparison, just mostly stabbings. Um, POC deaths, uh, four out of five, four out of five. Uh, only one black lady makes it out alive and she leaves before shit hits the fan. Like, I, I, I think she's one of my favorite side characters because, uh, she's administering the shot to Anna. And uh, Anna's like, well, well, what is this? And she's like, this is a hippocampus stimulant. And Anna's like, what does it do? It stimulates the hippocampus. I'm like, yes, girl. Yes. 
And then she gets to fuck out of Dodge. She's the only one that survives as far as um, POCs go. People of color. That's what POCs mean. Uh, yeah. But, uh, god damn. Uh, I think the most gruesome death is uh, someone's face gets caught in a bear trap. <laughs> yeah. Not a lot of blood, but still disturbing to see. Still disturbing to see. Uh, shoot. So, uh, my reading? Man, I, I really enjoyed this movie. I, I, I don't know. I think I'm going to have to give it five visions out of five. I, I loved it. It was really, really good. And people are really pretty if you want to be shallow. So, yeah. Pretty good. I recommend it. I recommend it. Alrighty. Well, um, that is it for me. Uh, if you have any suggestions on uh, things that you like to know about certain movies or certain movies you want me to watch and review, please email me at goreandmame at gmail.com. That's G-O-R-E-A-N-D-M-A-I-M at gmail.com. Spelling is not my forte. Um, yay. But excellent. Uh, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it. Insert witty catchphrase here. And have a wonderful day.